from home. No one has to tell them they are dying. They know and recognize his voice. They have developed what I call spiritual eyes and ears and seem to see and understand things in a way we cannot. The experiences are unique to the persons themselves, but share a common theme of enlightenment, love, and acceptance at the end of life. They give us glimpses into a world none of us has yet seen, but one day will. Each person seems to receive exactly what he or she needs to see and hear in order to die peacefully and well. As the physical body declines, the spiritual self becomes apparent and seems to yearn in a real and tangible way for someone or something greater than itself. This appears to be a very natural movement on the part of the dying person and is expressed in a myriad of ways. People who are about to die are very generous in sharing their experiences if they feel you will be open to hearing them. They tell you about their experiences as they are living them and seem to want to help you understand the simplicity of it all. This temporary tent, which is our body, is changing, and no one knows this better than the person who is dying. If you sit quietly and listen to them, both their questions and their insights, they will invite you to share in this next awesome step in life's journey. There is nothing left to hide, nothing to gain, and nothing to prove or lose, thus making the sharing totally pure. And when you enter into the wonderment of these blessed experiences with them, you yourself will grow. Visions of those who have gone before them, angels, beautiful music, and personally comforting experiences permeate the minds and hearts of those who are dying. The imprints of their shared experiences are left with us to ponder, and more importantly, to provide a platform for our own lives. This book does not attempt to define or provide meaning to what people see and hear. Rather, it offers a portrait of what we might expect when our time inevitably comes and demystifies death as only first-person accounts can do. When patients and friends who were dying would say to me, "'Today is my day,' or, "'I saw my name on the marker,' or, I heard them call my name, or, my son is here with me now, and he said it's time to go. At first I simply did not understand. When many others told me about seeing angels in their rooms, being visited by loved ones who had died before them, or hearing beautiful choirs or smelling fragrant flowers when there were none around, I assumed it was the result of the medications they were taking or possibly dehydration. Surely the visions could not be real." But when others who were dying and not on medication and not dehydrated were saying the same things, I started to listen, really listen. When they spoke of angels, which many did, the angels were always described as more beautiful than they had ever imagined, eight feet tall, male, and wearing a white for which there is no word. Luminescent is what each one said, like nothing they had ever seen before. The music they spoke of was far more exquisite than any symphony they had ever heard, and over and over again they mentioned colors that they said were too beautiful to describe. I have the feeling that people do not die at the exact minute or hour that we say they do. In some inexplicable way that we do not yet understand, they seem to travel back and forth from this world to the next, developing the insights God wants them to have on this, their final journey back to the Father who created them. Friends of mine who are physicians and nurses have often suggested to me that hearing about and understanding the experiences of terminally ill and dying patients would be of great comfort to everyone in the medical profession.
Those who have allowed themselves the luxury of being present with patients as they are dying come away realizing in a whole new way that there is only one divine physician, and it is he alone who sets the timetables of our lives. A patient who was afraid to die, lying flat on his back, asked me to hold him in a sitting position as he was dying. Moments before he died, he said to me, Trudy, there is no such thing as time. Dying is like walking from the living room into the dining room. There are no beginnings or endings. The words he spoke were in response to my looking at my watch as I foolishly counted his respirations, and he smiled a very patient smile as he said it. Then he closed his eyes and died. There are so many new insights, so many opportunities to think and understand in a whole new way when seeing from the perspective of the patient who is moments away from entering heaven. There are so many important lessons people are trying to teach us moments before they die. We had better listen. We are standing on holy ground during these moments, and we dare not miss one of them.